Good morning, everyone. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Tetz Zayin in Masechus Rosh Hashanah. We start with a new Mishnah, in the very top first words in Daf Tetz Zayin. This is probably the Mishnah you might have expected at the beginning of the Masechta. Remember, we started a Masechta Arba Rosh Hashanah, and you thought you were going to talk about when different things will be judged by Hashem, and... That ended up not being our topic. We ended up talking more about a pragmatic, calendrical thing having to do with shtaros and with maestros and when the cutoff for different things are. That was more practical, Andrew. That was like housekeeping. But now we're getting into what will feel to you like the Rosh Hashanah that we refer to, the Yom Hadin, as follows. Says the Mishnah, The world is judged at four different junctures Junctures during the year. But Pesach uh, Pesach is going to be judged on the grain. So Birnbaum wanted to know, what, what do you mean judged? So presumably it means, will it be a successful year of grain or not, right? What will be the quantity and the quality of the grain, okay? Batseris alperis ilan. Atseris, as we know, is referring to Shavuos. So Shavuos is the fruit of the tree. So that's fascinating, right? The grain and the fruit are judged at different times. Well, this will make uh, some degree of sense because it has to do with the agricultural cycle of the year. But Rosh Hashanah Kobay Olam over in the fun of Kivnei Maron. And then this is very, right, this is very um, familiar to us. And Rosh Hashanah, we mentioned this on, Rosh Hash- on our Rosh Hashanah, that Kobay Olam over in, who is Bay Olam? All humanity passes before him. Kivnei Maron, the Gemara, on Yerches, later on this week, Bezat Hashem, will explain what this uh, analogy is, but really basically it's, we, we're used to thinking that it's one at a time, right? Uh, that everyone gets an individual din, that's important, right? Because um, as we will see, some of these things, like Tvua and Perasailan, because of the fact that they're agricultural things, they're gonna affect swaths of, communities at a time, right? That, that's harder for it to be uh, individual, right? So some of these things are communal, some of these things are individual, so that's, that's part of what's going on here. But be that as it may, on Rosh Hashanah, individuals are going to pass before Hashem. Shenemar, we have a Pasuk here. This Pasuk is in Tehillim. It says, Hayoitzer yachad libam hamevin el So Hashem, right, is fashioning their hearts together, and he understands all the things that they do. So what does that have to do with Rosh Hashanah? So the, uh, the Pashup shot here is that it's what we've called already in the past quality control, right? That Hashem, good morning, Benjamin, that Hashem is uh, the one that created us, and because he created us and created our nature and all of that, so this is what would make sense that he would then double check on us. Quality control. In other words, who does quality control? He who manufactures, right? The manufacturer is checking on his, on his production. So Hashem created us, and so Hashem is going to check on his creation, so to speak. Um, mind you, this is, a, this, this is the, something that the Ran is going to have to address, or the Ran does, have, the Ran does address, which is to say, mind you, that we said Rosh Hashanah, this Rosh Hashanah here that we're talking about, 
uh, could have been confused if you know too much, right? If you read the first Mishnah, but this Rosh Hashanah is talking about Tishrei, right? We already said when is Rosh Hashanah, so this is talking about the one that we know as Rosh Hashanah. Now there is a machlokas, as you might recall, between Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yeshua, as to whether the world was created in Tishrei or in Nisan. We paskin like Rabbi Yeshua, the world was created in Nisan. So according to Rabbi Yeshua, how does this? Creation, right? This pasuk in the Mishnah is tying the fact that Rosh Hashanah, that we call Rosh Hashanah, is the day that we are judged with the fact that that has to do with the day that we were created. But according to Yeshua, that's not the day that we were created. So it, it, it works just like we had said then, meaning you tie back the Rosh Hashanah just because the world was conceived, so to speak, um, on Nisan, according to Rabbi Yeshua, does not mean that it wasn't created in actuality on actual Rosh Hashanah. That's what the Ran had said then, and that's what the Ran uh, reiterates now, which is, uh, which is that the world, the Machlokas between Rishon and Rabbi is when the world was conceived, and it was conceived on Nisan, and that's when the Avos were born, etc., according to Rabbi Yeshua. However, the actual physical creation was on Rosh Hashanah, and again, it was the creation of the world was beginning in Elul, at the end of Elul, and then in Rosh Hashanah, um, man was created, and based off of that, Right, uh, that is when man is in fact judged, and beyond that, it also ties back to Yom Kippur. That's something that you may not that, that people may not intuit, which is people think that Yom Kippur is ten days after Rosh Hashanah. Really, Rosh Hashanah is ten days before Yom Kippur. Right, in other words, the fixed point is Yom Kippur. The tenth of Tishrei is when the second set of luchos were given. That is a fixed point. The Rosh Hashanah, as we've learned, because we're learning Masechus Rosh Hashanah, that is the thing that's the Bachlokas, that's the thing that's more fluid. If anything, Rosh Hashanah is tied to Yom Kippur, more so than Yom Kippur being tied to Rosh Hashanah. Um, fine. In fact, Sukkot, right? We, we always say, why? Sukkot has no fixed point. The way, uh, in contrast to Pesach, which has a fixed point, because that was, in fact, you see, it was a Nisan, Sukkot was throughout the entire 40 years in the Midbar. The fact that we sat in Sukkot or on Anaya covered, whichever sheet you have, having learned Masechah Sukkot, a little Chazari or Andrew. So that, that too has no fixed point. Why Dafka then? So again, both Sukkot and Rosh Hashanah, all of those holidays of the holiday season that we just came out of are in fact uh, coming out of the fixed point, which is Yom Kippur. And so it would thus stand to reason that Rosh Hashanah does as well. Okay. And then um, speaking of Sukkot, the Mishnah finishes off by saying, Right, that on Sukkot we're judged for how much water we're going to have. Okay. Zuck the Gemara. Hi, Tvua. What is the grain that we're talking about, right? We said that the Tvua, the grain, is Nidon on Pesach. So, the Kaima. If you say grain, so when you look at grain, when is grain harvested? So, just to orient ourselves. Wheat, right, this would be different for every different kind of species. Happens to be wheat is planted around Sukkot time, and then it's harvested around Pesach time. Okay. So what were we saying? We're saying that we have, and it's harvested around Pesach time. You can harvest it right before Pesach. You can harvest it right after Pesach. We know the din of Chadash and Yashan. We already mentioned it before Shabbos. The whole idea of when Kal Yisrael entered Eretz Yisrael on the 10th of Nisan with Yeshua, right? So that some, some things could have been harvested before and after. It's right around that time of year. <coughs> Excuse me. So it's interesting that right around the time that you're harvesting it is when you're being judged on what the quality and quantity of this tvu is going to be. With that prompts, the Gemara asks, well, Ile Mahatvu de Kaima. Well, if you're going to say, so you're standing there in the middle of the wheat field, right? 
and it's Pesach, right? That's when you're going to be judged. So if you're saying that that which is already standing, the wheat which is already standing is being judged, then kol hani har patke de adu emas itadun. Well, hani har patke means all the stuff that's happened to it, right? All the good and bad things that have happened to this wheat, right? Har patke de adu Allah, that happened to it, emas itadun. When were they decided? In other words, that's a little bit late to judge, right? By then, the wheat is already standing in the field. So when was that wheat judged? Says the Gemara, No. It must mean that, again, it's a little bit out of sync with what we might have thought the cycle would be. But what it means is that when we say that the Tavua is Nidol and Pesach, what we mean is the Tavua that's going to be, right, put into the ground in the following Sukkot, and then will emerge the following Pesach, the fate of that Tvua is being judged on the previous Pesach, right? So you'll have, let's say, we'll call it Nisan, right? April or whatever. You're going to have the Psakdin, and then you're going to later sow it in that, that, that following fall, like now. And then so whatever we're planting now and is going to come out in the spring, that's already been decided the previous Pesach. That's the Gemara's answer. So the Gemara asks, so that's it? There's one day of judgment for that grain that's going to come out, let's say, this coming Pesach, says the Gemara about Tanya, but we have the following Braisa. Braisa says, What's keri ones? Fascinating here. Rashi says, keri is barad oshidafon, like a natural disaster, right? Like mikre. But Tosvos, it says keri, Mikre, yes, Lashon Mikre, but also a second suggestion. Inami, Lashon Koshi, Kamoim Tolcha, you may be Kerry, right? These are Sukkim that are familiar to us. Um, Kerry sometimes usually ties back to Mikre, which means that it's a natural disaster, a happenstance that's unavoidable, but we actually know that Kerry, when Hashem uses that Lashon, when the Torah uses that Lashon for us, sometimes it means that we are actually doing it uh, before all, right? That's the human being that's initiating it. Be that as it may, something happened to this Tavua. So whatever will happen, whether it's an a-, a violent act of man or a natural disaster, what what will be judged? So says the Brisa, Kodem Pesach Nidonus L'Sha'avar. Ah, so now we're looking at this Tavua. So let's say you have Pesach, right, in Nisan. So again, some of it, some stuff is, can happen to the Tavua, right, before Pesach. Some can happen after. After, let's say you're cutting it after Pesach, two weeks, you know, you're going away, Binyamin's going away on his Pesach program, and he's too harried. He doesn't want to deal with this Tavua beforehand. So he's going to wait until he gets back from Pesach program to start harvesting the wheat. Oh, now, says the Braisa, Kodam Pesach, if something happened to the wheat before he went away to his Pesach program, Nidonis Lashavar. You know that that was decided last year, Pesach. Lachar Pesach, but if Whatever happened, happened after Pesach. Again, after Pesach, before he harvested, Nidonis Lahaba. Lahaba here means that it was this past Pesach. While he was at the Pesach program, that was judged. Meaning that, uh, just to, to, I'll spell out the Kasha now, and then we'll finish off the Brisa. The Kasha here is obvious. It sounds like that there's one period of time when there is judgment on this Tvua every year. And yet, we see that the Brisa says that no, that our given Tvua that was not yet Right, harvested before Pesach, stuff can happen to it before Pesach or after Pesach. And depending when it happened, it was judged either last year 
Pesach or this year Pesach, which means which means to say that there are two Pesachim, so to speak, where the single harvest of wheat can be judged, right? So really it can be judged multiple times. Just like, as you'll see, human beings themselves, as the Brayzo continues to say, are not only judged once in their life or even once a year, they can be judged multiple times as follows. As the Brayzo continues to say, Adam she'ir about carry or ones, if something happens to a human being, Right, so whatever happens to a human being before Yom Kippur, you know that that was decided last year Yom Kippur. This is familiar to us. Here means the same thing. Something happened to you after Yom Kippur means that it must have been decided that Yom Kippur that preceded it. So that's the Shiloh of the Gemara. Sounds like there's more than one, um, more than one episode where you're being judged for this wheat. So I'm a Rava. Okay, learn from this. In fact that there's two judgments passed on each crop of grain. That's okay. That's not a kasha. It's just a fact, right? Fine. In other words, it doesn't take away from the mission. It's true that you might have thought that there's only one, but it's not true. There's two, there's two episodes. Both of them are Pesach. Every, every subsequent Pesach, the Tavuah is being judged. Fine. Therefore, based on this, Abaye is going to give you a life hack, a practical advice. Amar Abaye, oh, so you know that you judged two separate times for one crop of wheat. Therefore, right? if you see that you're matzlach, that you're being matzliach, you have a successful crop, the afla here means the slowly maturing crop. So you're seeing things are going well with this crop. Oh, and then get some fast, right? Some fast acting crop and, and, and plant it now. Because it's a sign that you had a good gazar din on the crop, and therefore chaparayin, and try to make the most of it, and 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 use up that good gazar din to to utilize it to create great crop. It's almost like um, coming up parshios where Yaakov Avinu sees, right? He sees the, the successful uh, the successful mating of the, of the of the cattle, and he knows how to mate the right ones with the right ones in order to get the most right. What? Yeah, the magic sticks in order to get the most, um, uh, right, the efficient production out of it. Good. Excuse me. Because be, that way, before you have the time to judge on the next crop and you don't know how the judgment will turn out, it already grew somewhat and therefore it grew enough to have already chopped a good judgment and therefore will be a successful crop. Once you see a successful crop, um, you don't, don't lose out on that opportunity. Good. All right, so now we're 16 lines down in Tezayin Amadalaf. Mani Masnisin. Who is the Tan of our Mishnah? Fascinating. <coughs> says the Gemara, this is going to be for us, for human beings. It says, it's low Rabbi Meir, low Rabbi Huda, low Rabbi Yosef, low Rabbi Nasan. As the Brisa continues to say as follows. The Tanya. Hakol Nidonin Berosh Hashanah. Okay, so the Brisa starts like us, that everybody gets their din on Rosh Hashanah. Ugzar din shalahem. Okay, so now this is not just human beings. This sounds like Rabbi Meir holds everything is nidon only in Rosh Hashanah. How is that not like our Mishnah? Because again, our Mishnah broke it up into four things and it said that the Mayim is on this day and the Tavu is on this day. So according to Rabbi Meir, it sounds like everything is done on Rosh Hashanah and then the Gzardin and Yom Kippur. So that which we know um, is true for human beings, he applies it to everything, Okay. Rabbi Yehuda kind of 
flips it in a way. He says that the, the din is always on Rosh Hashanah. Again, the din versus the Gzar din is, the din is when it's being sort of deliberated like in the heavenly court. And the Gzar din is the right verdict. So our Mishnah says that the deliberation is on four different times during the year. Rabbi Huda holds that no, the deliberation for everything and everyone is always on Rosh Hashanah, and then the Gzardin is on four times during the year, right? Then he'll have the Gzardin uh, in, in the periods of time that our Mishnah mentioned in reference to the Din as follows, right? So, Bepesach al-Atvua, Batzeres al-Peres al-Ilan, Bechag Nidon al-Amayim. Ve'odom Nidon b'Rosh Hashanah, Gzardino Shelo, Nechtam B'Yom So, he, he is not disagreeing about the alignment of the different things. On Pesach, you have the grain, but that's the Gzardin. And at Saras, you have the Paris of Elon, that's the Gzardin, right, on Shavuos. And Chag is on Maim. And then, and then interestingly enough, he agrees with the Mishnah with regards to the human being. The human being is Nidon by Rosh Hashanah. That din is on Rosh Hashanah. And that, that really, he, he, um, he holds of everything. So then he's just emphasizing, but really, according to Rabbi Huda, everything has the deliberation in Rosh Hashanah, and all of these other things is just when the Gzardin is. Okay, so that is also not the author of our Mishnah, right? Because our Mishnah is saying that the actual deliberation is on four different times. Okay, so finally, Rabbi Yos, uh, in the third, the third, uh, Shita, Rabbi Yosi Omer, Adam Nidon Bechol Yom, Shinemar Betifkedenu Lav Karim. So there, we don't know what he holds with regards to the Tvu and the Paris of Elon and the Maim, but he's inconsistent with our Mishnah with respect to human beings, because our Mishnah, as well as Rabbi Yehuda, they hold that we get the Din deliberation on Rosh Hashanah and the Gzar on Yom Kippur. Rabbi Yosef says, no, the actual deliberation is ongoing every day. How so? It says in Eov, Karim. I'm going to inspect you every morning. Okay, so every morning is when we Get uh, get worked out. That's a good thing because soon, a couple of hours from now, it'll be morning and we will have already learned off. So at least that'll be in our favor. Okay. You judge man every moment. Okay, not just every day, not a 24 hour cycle, but an hourly cycle, or maybe even a minute by minute cycle. Mind you, that's the same Pasuk in Eov. So now they're taking a Pasuk in Eov. Right, that says and one shita of right Rabbi Yossi is that it's love Karim, and Rabbi Nasan says Now, what's Tifkadenu and what's Tifchanenu? So let's see. Says the Gemara, right? Let me see. You're saying is it Rashi? Okay, same pasuk. Let's let's see. The Gemara says Wait a minute. Maybe it says that our Mishnah is like Rabbi Yehuda. Okay, so first of all, that's the Brisa. We're going we're gonna to analyze Rabbi Nassim and Rabbi Yossi in a minute. The first of all, that's the Brisa. So again, the Kasha was, uh, all, none of these shitas seem to imply that the deliberation was in the four times that our Mishnah says it. And so that is, um, just to summarize, right? So Rabbi Meir would think that everything is judged in Rosh Hashanah, Rabbi Yehuda says everything is judged Rosh Hashanah, and then the Gzardin is when our Mishnah says the um, the actual deliberation was. And then we had Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Nassim here about the human being. They argued that they said that we're judged all the time, not just on Rosh Hashanah. So the Gemara says Rabbi Yehuda is the closest, right? He says that we're 
um, deliberating on Rosh Hashanah and the Gzardin is in the same exact periods of time that the Mishnah said the deliberation was. So the first suggestion of our Gemara is maybe our Mishnah, when it said Nidonin, it meant the Gzardin. And then it would be consistent with the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda. That's what the Mishnah, that's what the Gemara says as follows. Maybe our Mishnah is really Rabbi Yehuda. Right? And when our Mishnah says that Nidonin, it meant that that's when the Gzardin is. That would make sense, right? You're judged. Okay. That's when the verdict is. Right? Judging could mean the verdict or the deliberation. But it says, no. It still would be a Kasha and Adam because by Adam, it literally said when the, when the deliberation and when the Gzardin was. Right? As Rashi says, the Tani Masnisin Barash Hashanah, Rabbi Huda, Biyoma Kippur Amar. Right? In other words, um, when it came to the Adam, so Rabbi Huda specifically said that what? That the Gzardin, right? If the Mishnah said, when it said Nidonin, it meant the Gzardin, well, that would mean that the Gzardin itself is on Rosh Hashanah. That is not what Rabbi Huda said. Rabbi Huda specifically said what we're used to, which is that the Actual deliberation is on Rosh Hashanah and the Gzardin is Yom Kippur. So it's inconsistent with the man, uh, the humanity part. Okay. So the Gemara answers, we got to go off menu. It's not any one of these four that are mentioned in the Brisa, but rather our mission reflects a fifth Shita. Amarava, ha tana de bevari shmael he. Our mission is tana de bevari shmael, the tana de bevari shmael, but arba prakim olam nidon. Right? That the, the Rabbi Shmuel says almost exactly like our Mishnah that the deliberation, the, the din, is on four different time periods in, in the year. The Pesach al Tvua, Pesach on the grain, Atzeres al Peres to Elon, and Shavuos is on the fruit. Bechag Nidon al Maim, and Sukkot is on the water. The Adam Nidon Berosh Hashanah, Gzardin Shalom Nechtam Biyom Kippurim, and man is judged on Rosh Hashanah, and then the Gzardin is on Yom Kippur. And when our Mishnah says that we are judged, like the world is judged, humanity is judged on Rosh Hashanah, it's referring not to the Gzardin, but to the beginning of the judgment. And that is, in fact, consistent with our Mishnah. So therefore, that would make the most sense that, that, that Rabbi Shmuel is the author of our Mishnah. So now let's get back to the Bryce that we quoted and examine it a little bit more. Rabbi Yossi versus Rabbi Nassan. Two lines up in the mid-sides lines. Here we go. Amar of Chista, from the mid-sides lines. Um, my time in the Rabbi Yossi. So, what is the reasoning of Rabbi Yossi that we're judged every day? The Gemara is a little bit confused by the question. What do you mean? He, we said the, the reason. He quoted the Pasuk. Right? That was the Pasuk in Eov, that we're checked every single day. So, uh, this like reminds me in the office. I had um, uh, a kid. Uh, no, no, after his appointment, he said, So, do I make another appointment? I, I'm an orthodontist, so the question was confusing to me. What, what do you think you do? You just go away forever? <laughs> anyway, I, that just occurred to me for no reason. So my point is, sometimes you ask a question, and you say, ah, we just talked about this. I don't understand the question, of course. So my tamay, my tamay de rabiosi, I was just confused by it, so the Gemara here is confused. What do you mean, my tamay de rabiosi? Didn't we, aren't we in the middle of a conversation where we just said the reason of rabiosi? We said, but if you love Karim. So he says, hanan hachi karminan. No, no, this is what we meant. My time alone, Rabbi Nassan. In other words, what is the source of this machlokas, Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Nassan? Rabbi Yossi says it's once a day. Rabbi Nassan says it's every moment. Says the Gemara, Bechina iyuna be'almai. Ah, so it has to do with the Lushan Bechina versus Pekida. So, so first of all, that would be the reason. In other words, Bechina might be, yeah, it's like you're getting a quiz, right? But you're not being judged per se. It's just kind of like checking you out. 
Ah, so Bechina, right? Because the, 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 again, the Pasuk was that every day you have Pekida, and then every moment you have Bechina. So the, the first assumption is, Rabbi Yossi holds that this Bechina is just checking you out, not actually judging you. However, the Gemara asks, Pekida nami yunabi almahi. Right? Also, Pekida doesn't mean that you're being judged. It just means like an inspection. So just checking you out. El Amar of Chisla, no. Time of the Rabbi Yossi Mehacha. Rabbi Yossi had a different Pasuk, right, from the following. La'asos mishpat avdo, u'mishpat amo Yisrael dvar yom b'yomo. Well, that's a Pasuk in Melachim that's much more direct. That says that the mishpat, the actual din, is happening dvar yom b'yomo, once a day. Well, that is, in fact, consistent with the Shita of, uh, of Rabbi Yossi. Now, the, uh, I saw the art scroll quote a source that questions who is Rav Chista to say what the source of Rabbi Yossi is when Rabbi Yossi himself had quoted a different Pasuk. So you have to just kind of, you have to work it out. You have to say, Rabbi Yossi is using that Pasuk to define what this source in Malachim means. Something like that. In other words, right, it's just, every once, every once in a while you have that where something is the source of something uh, of the halacha, but then you have a different pasuk to define what it is, or a different source for definition. Fine. So now we're in the third middle line, and we're going to go the Amar of Chista. Another, we're going to have this uh, Rav Chista talking about another lesson that you can learn from the same from the same pasuk. Melech v'tzibur. Let's say you have a king, and you have the rest of the tzibur. Melech nichnas tchila ledin. You have the din of the king first. In other words, we see Kibnei Maron, right? We're going one at a time. Well, one at a time would apply, uh, even though Hashem could do every, everyone one at a time and simultaneous at the same time because he doesn't have the same physical reality that we do, obviously. But uh, I guess allegorically, or if you want to say literally, if it is indeed going to be one at a time, so who's first? So the king's first because that's what the Pasuk says. It says, Shenemar lasot mishpat avdo, mishpat amo Yisrael. Somebody's getting judged first, and then the rest of the nation. My time, but what's the reason? So it sounds like the king is being judged first. It's interesting that the king is called Avdo. But the king is doing HaKadosh Baruch Hu's bidding. We know that. So, my time, So there's two possibilities that we're speculating as to why the king will go first. One would be Derech Eretz, right? Orach Ara. Derech Eretz. You don't make the king wait outside in the waiting room, right? You'd take the king in first. And if you prefer, you say, let the king be judged first, right? Because before Hashem's anger increases, that's an anthropomorphic idea that Hashem is going to get progressively more frustrated as he sees the sins of, of humanity, uh, right? This is Kahneman, the, uh, the, the psychologist, the psychologist, uh, the Prisker, the, not the Briska, the Panovich of Rav's nephew, Kahaneman, was a psychologist. My mother, Zalzayn Gazun, studied by him in the University of Haifa. He was a psychologist, he got the Nobel Prize in economy. He wasn't even, he didn't know anything about economy. But it was behavioral psychology, it's understanding economic psychology, how human beings deal with economics. It's a whole thing. He wrote the uh, book, Thinking Fast and Slow is a book about it. Uh, anyway, The Undoing Project is a book about his book, Thinking Fast and Slow. Anyway, he, the Israeli judges, as the closest they got to lunchtime, the less uh, people they let off because they were getting 
sort of hungrier and hungrier and the amount of glucose and effort it takes to, to think it through. So he, he showed a real correlation. So he was just showing human beings uh, function that way. Kodesh Baruch we don't usually uh, assume has this kind of thing, but uh, Rabari Leibowitz, a great Dafyomi master, says sometimes we are going to reference these things as if Kodesh Baruch has cover uh, yachol human tendencies in order so that we can at least relate to it. Because as human beings, we're supposed to be able to relate to it. So it may be speaking more to us than to... Uh, Right to the reality, so to speak, of what Akash Baruch is doing, but be that as it may, that would be one of the reasons why we let the king go first. Fine. Uh, okay. So now, so when does the judgment take place? Amar uh, Yosef, according to who? This is fascinating. We pray every day. We make a misha lecholim, or we even say uh, a prayer for the, for the cholim in in Shemunesre. So the Akziri ve'amri, the, the sick and the weak. So according to whose opinion do we daven for them? So Kiman Kirby Yossi. That has to be with the according to opinion of Rabbi Yossi, as Rashi says. Because the Amar Adam, Rashi says, we said that every day we, we daven, right? Right? Says the Rashi, the either of Karbaran, the Amri ain't either of Rashi right? If it's true, like we said, Rabbi, like our, like we said, our Mishnah, right, is, is Tanadavari Rishmael. So if that's true, that you only get judged on Rosh Hashanah once a year, so then it's a fate accomplished, right? There'd be no point in davening for sick people. Whatever's going to happen to them was already decided. Ah, but if you have Karabi Yossi, so then it's every day, it's Kedai to pray. All right. Or, V'yibay Seymel, Olam Karbana. No, we could be like we hold like everyone else that you don't, need don't on Rosh Hashanah. But we could daven for Cholim because of what Rabbi Yitzchak says. Rabbi Yitzchak, Yafet Sakal Adam, right? It's always good to daven. Sakal here is davening. Bein Konvigzardin, Bein Lachagzardin. In other words, it's always effective. You can have a deliberation. You can even have a Gzardin, but davening is always effective, right? We went once on uh, Purim Day. They took us when we were in high school to Rav Brevda, and he and then and that was his message to us: davening always, always, always works. Okay, so six lines up from the wide. Tanya, Amar Yehuda Mishum Rabbi Akiva. Why did Torah tell you to bring the Korban Omer on Pesach? Ah, so this is interesting. We always, you know, the question is why do we do these things? Because Hashem said so. But Rabbi Akiva had a svara here as to why Hashem has us doing these things at these familiar times of the year as follows. So the Korban Omer is on Pesach. Pesach Right? It's all like Simanim on Rosh Hashanah in a way. It's Try to uh, visualize this is when you're going to um, be nidon on these things, and therefore you should focus on each thing as it comes up. It's a beautiful idea. So again, just like our Mishnah said, that on Pesach is the time that you judge for the Tvua, so Amar Kaddish Baruch Hu continues the Gemara, Heviu Lifnei Omer Pesach. So bring the Omer in Pesach. Baruch Lachem Tvua You see what it is? Whenever you get something that you're blessed with, uh, Binyamin is just blessed with a hybrid, beautiful hybrid SUV uh, car. So like the day that he gets the car, like the first thing he should do is drive to Dafyomi, right? In, in order so that the car should be imbued with bracha and therefore all, may all of your nesios be safe and for mitzvahs and for good things. Right? So you, you try to get that blessing you get from Hashem and you try to use it like almost Hanukkah Sabbath, almost inaugurated with good things. So here you're getting your grain and you're being judged on your grain. So the first thing you should do from it is the carbon armor. Ah. 
Why the two loaves of bread on Shavuos? Because as the Mishnah said, that's when you judge on fruit. What does bread have to do with fruit? Rashi. At the end, I like this last, at the very end of Tazayin Amadalaf, the Rashi down here. Fruit and bread might work out specifically with Rabbi Yehuda who quoted Rabbi Akiva, happens to be, but Yehuda is the one that holds, right? Remember, there was a, like a five or six-way machlokas as to what the original Eitz Hadas uh, was, and he holds that it was grain. Wheat was the fruit. So he holds that, so it's Yehuda Lashitaso. He holds that wheat was the fruit, and therefore it makes sense that when you are being done on the fruit, you're bringing a product of wheat, which is challah. Okay. Beautiful. Okay, you're going to bring this this shteilechem so that you should have a blessing in the subsequent fruit of the year. Why are we doing this? Right, water, water. That's obvious when you are using, doing a water libation, you're going to be zoche to tremendous uh, rains for the year. Beautiful. We've learned about all of these uh, things already, right? Because we were learning Pesachim and Yuma and Sukkah. And now we see that it had a design. Beautiful. Okay, now. Now we're really learning Masechus Rosh Hashanah here, right? And on Rosh Hashanah, you should have Machios Zechonis V'Shofaros. Okay, it's obvious, right? You're saying Machias in order to right, accept my sovereignty as a king. Right? These are all of the things that we're concerned about in Rosh Hashanah. We want to be Mamlech Hashem. We want Hashem to remember us for good, right? And with what are you going to do this with? Bishofar. So again, there's some Pirushim uh, here where you have to <coughs> tie back because we know, right, we in Musaf, we do Malchias, Zechonis, and Shofros, we blow during all three. So there's obviously that applies to Shofros, right, because that's one of the three. But it also could apply back that the implement with which you sort of inaugurate the Malchias and Zechonis also is that Shofar. So now let's get into Shofar. I'm a Rabbi Abo, Lama Tokim, Shofar Shal Ayel. Why do we blow with the Shofar Shal Ayel? So I'm always. Spacing out and looking at the Rasabi you go into the beginning of the art scroll Mahzar, and he has like 10, 12 reasons why we use a Shofar Sha'ayl. But this Gemara says one fundamental main reason. Amar Kadishbarku, Jem said, Tikul Afana Bishofar Sha'ayl, Kadesh Eskol Achem Akedas Yitzchak bin Avram. Right? Two days ago we read about Akedas Yitzchak. Um, sorry that the Dafyomi coincidence is just two days off for you. You guys are spoiled. Don't worry. There'll be one for this coming Shabbos also soon enough. So he says like this. You have to remember Akedas Yitzchak, right? The Ayel. Wow. Right? In other words, I am going to consider it as if you did the Akeda uh, when you blow the shofar and therefore be judging you v'schus. A beautiful idea. The Ayel that went, is it me'akev? Machlokas. In other words, can you use a horn from another thing? Preferable to use the Ayel for the reason cited in our Gemara. Okay. More statements about the shofar. Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, Lama Token by Rosh Hashanah. Why do we blow shofar in Rosh Hashanah? Lama Token. What do you mean, Lama Token? Says the Gemara. Rachman Amar Tiku. Tiku b'chol shofar. Are you kidding? It says in the Torah that you should blow shofar. This is not a difficult question. Anybody could say that. And no, no, no. El Lama Marian. Marian here is Trua. 
Why do we say the true on Rosh Hashanah? So he says, Miriad, Rechmana Amar, Zichron, Truah. The word Truah is also in the Torah. So it's all right, written in there. That's why we have Tkiyah, that's why we have Truah. No, no, no. So now the Gemara says, this is really the question. Why do we have a Tkiyah show for Demiushim as we arrive at Zion Amun Beis? Vitokin Marin Kshen Omdin. Okay, so why do we sometimes say blow shofar when we're sitting and sometimes blow shofar when we're standing? Okay, we do this a little bit different. We stand all the time. But strictly speaking, right, you can sit down during the, uh, during the Tkios before Shemineser. Okay, that's uh, famously known as the Tkios de Meushev and de Meumad. Uh, but it's really referring to, right, before Shemun and the one during Shemun uh, where you're, where that one you're supposed to stand because you're in Shemun Anyway, why do we do it both times? The famous reason, in order to confuse the Satan. What's so confusing? What's going on? Rashi. First Rashi, to Zainu Beis, Shalom Yastin, Kshiyishma Yisrael, Mechavinetz Amitzos, Mistamim Dvarav. See that they love it so much. They're blowing the shofar when they're sitting. They're blowing the shofar like Meshachov Kumecha, right? They're blowing the shofar when they're standing. They love it so much. The satan is disheartened. Okay. Tosa says a different thing. Kadela Arbe with satan. This is a different thing. Not, no, no, no time to get fully into it other than to say that it's talking about human beings being encouraged to do to, by, by the sound of the shofar. What I'm trying to bring out is a fundamental machlokas between Rashi and Tosfos. Rashi is viewing the Satan. The question is, what's the Satan? Rashi is viewing the Satan as this external Satan, right? Force. Tosfos is using it more like to encourage you within, right? The Yetzahara. We always like wonder, who is this Satan? Is it our internal Yetzahara or is it some external force? So both have sources here and there. Rashi, when he says, he's going with, as he does, with Pashat Pshat. You have this external satanic force and you want to like mess him up. Whereas Tosos is going more with the, uh, yeah, I guess the, not, not so much the push, the push shot of what it sounds like, but the implication which is to inspire us. Be that as it may, may the chauffeur inspire us and, and the Arab Satan in whatever form he comes. Anyway, another teaching. If you don't blow shofar at the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, you're going to have a bad year and you're going to have a sorrowful trua at the end of the year. My time, what's the reason? The low ear bev satan. As the aforementioned, right, uh, Gemara said, that if you don't get a chance to be ma'ar bev satan, it doesn't work. Tosfos. Shein token b'tchilasa cautions. This is not talking about. Quotes the Hilchas Gedolos. Lav demikla b'shabta. Eladit yalad unsa. This is not talking about the year where you couldn't blow shofar because it was Shabbos. That's fine. On those years when you can't blow shofar because Shabbos, you actually get tremendous suchuyos. But it only means like you couldn't blow shofar because something, some calamity happened and you didn't get a chance. That's a bad omen. Good. We're going to have many more teaching of Rabbi Yitzchak. So here's number three. If Russia here is Rush, right? Loig uh, Rush. Rush is a poor person. If the year begins poor, what do you mean poor? Well, with humility in this case, right? You're beseeching Hashem, like a poor man uh, asking, right, for bread. So if you start off with humility, the end, you'll be prosperous. 
Reish Hashanah usually means the beginning of the year, like a Rosh, Reish Aleph Shin. But it is written without an Aleph. I don't know if you ever noticed that. Now, Reish Shin is like Bor. Mi Reishitiv, right? Like without an Aleph, the Adacharit. Which is to say, if you start off with humility, Sofa Shiesla Acharit, then in the end, you will have abundance. Good. That's teaching number three. Teaching number four. Ramar Yitzchak. Ein Darin Ela Ha'adam. I'm sorry. Ein Darin Es Ha'adam. Ela Lefimas of Shalosa Shah. You only judge a person based on what they're doing now. Kaddish Baruch Hu is not going to look at what the future will be per se. But what are you doing now? Shanamar. As it said in this week's parsha, Kishamayel Kim El Kol Hanar Basher Husham. He listened to right when Hagar and Yishmael are, in fact, banished. He listens to Kasher Husham. Beautiful Rashi here it says quotes the Brachus Rabbah that the Malachi Asharis wanted to kill Ishmael, would have saved us a lot of trouble, right? And would have saved the media uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of trips to the Middle East. It said, Misha, season, Bonav, Lahami, he says, Bonecha, right? He says, this is going to be a disaster. This is going to be a conflict forever. Why not just end it right here? So at the bottom of that Rashi, Amr Lahem, Hasha, Tzadiku, or Rasha? He said, what is he now? He's a baby. They said, well, now he's a Tzadik. So Amr Lahem, Basher, Husham. Wow. Yeah, so I'm not looking at him and what the future will be. I'm looking at him now. We read this on Rosh Hashanah to encourage ourselves. If we can be good now, then that's how we will be judged. Beautiful. Fifth lesson. The three things that are going to store, sort of remind the heavenly court, as it were, to maybe we should look into this guy. Elohim. Kir Natoi. If you pass below a leaning wall, this is presumably, right, anything, if you put yourself in a makam sakana, right, so if you're going, uh, repelling without a bungee cord or whatever, so if, you, if you're doing, if you're doing daredevil things, so that's going to, that's going to, uh, make the heavens think, maybe we should look into this guy. Iyun ooh. Well, you look throughout Shas, you see Iyun mostly it says positive things, right? It's one of the things, Shakarin Kayem Lama, uh, right, that, that you get Shakarin Olama Zeh. But we already saw Tosos and Brachos point out that Iyun there's a version of it that's bad, and that's this version. What's the version that's bad? It's when you have expectations, right? When you have expectations that uh, the, you, you assume too much. I'm going to die for this, and therefore Hashem's going to give me that. Don't make assumptions that, that you're owed anything just because you're Davin, okay? That is not exactly what Tfilah is about. That is... That's pretty bad also. That what? That you say, uh, I'm going to, when Hashem says, Mosadin, Rashi says, uh, when a human being says, rather, Hashem will decide between us. Uh, don't be so quick. Don't be so quick. You don't, you may not have a good sense of yourself. You don't know what your friend is up to. Uh, you don't want to open up that, that, uh, that deliberation in Shemaim. And that is, in fact, what you do when you say, may Hashem judge between us. How do we know? Yeah, you're going to bring that up on your, on your friend. You're going to get the first punishment. We have a source. Right? These psukim of uh, that we are reading now are all front row and center over here in our Gemara. Sarai is wondering why did Hashem, he said, let Hashem judge between me and you. She, she kind of like sounds like implied that she was blaming him for the fact 
that they don't, did not have children yet. And subsequently, Yuxiv, in the beginning of this week's parsha, upcoming week's parsha, Barry was afraid. He thought there would not be a Dafyomi coincidence. We got you covered, Barry. We got your back. Right, so, so Barry is bothered. Why does Ion Tfila, uh, how, do we, how do we assume, right, that Ion Tfila can mean uh, that he has expectations? In other words, where do you see that? Ion Tfila, you would think, right, would simply mean that imply that you're looking into Tfila and you're paying close attention to the words. So, Barry, you're not the first uh, Jew to have this question. Tosfos preceded you with this. Uh, we discussed it in Brachos as well. Tosos sees it in the Lashon. It says, In other words, Iyun is always good, but that's not when you're davening. See what I mean? In other words, you're supposed to look at Iyun Tfila, and this is one shot. The, the, the kind of Iyun Tfila you're doing is you study what the words are, like not during davening, on your own time, right, to try to figure out what it is that you're saying when you daven. But when you're daven, you're beseeching Hashem. That's not the time to start reading into the words, so to speak, right? That's the time to be beseeching Hashem. If, I hope that helps somewhat, right? In other words, that's what he means, that's what I understand it. But it's meaning, right? He says that, that instead of being to Shemaim, you're, you're like starting to study and read into the words. That's not the time. You're supposed to be beseeching Hashem. That's like the beginning of an answer. We'll have to go through the, the, the whole tosos. So there, there's other suggestions as well. But, but what I thought you were going to ask me was, how does the fact that it says, mean that Sarah was judged first? Well, that you probably assumed that's because she predeceased him, right? In other words, she passed away before him means she was judged first. Okay. Okay. Um, six teaching from Rabbi Yitzchak. There's four things. If you have a gzardin, you can have it torn up for good. As follows. Tzedakah, right? Tzedakah. Tzedakah. Give it tzedakah. Davening, crying out. Shino Hashem. Change your name. Okay. And change your ways. Tzedakah. How do we know? Straight up. Tzedakah. How do we know? Davening. Because it says to him. A direct cause and effect. You cry to Hashem in distress, He's going to take you out of Mitzukoseim, out of your dire straits. Shino Hashem. What about the change of name? Back to our Parshios, right? Her name is not going to be Sarai, it's going to be Sarah, right? And then, In other words, that change of name enabled to sort of change the fate and to start um, and to have her have a child. What's the change of action? That should be the most obvious. Shinumaisa, that is from Yonah. He looked, he saw, you know what? He did tshuva. And therefore, it says subsequently, He was going to destroy, but turn the whole place into stone, and he decided not to. Right? He changed his mind, so to speak, and he didn't do it because of their change of their ways. Therefore, these are all good things for us, except for maybe changing our name. That's a, that that that's least, least applicable, right? But definitely tzedakah, tefillah, and tshuva. Th- those we bring up, right? 
Yesh Omrim, a fifth thing. Af Shinui Makom. What's this fifth thing? You still remember this. It's not a direct Afyomi coincidence, but it was pretty recently. Leave. Shinoi Makom will change things. Only then you'll be able to be made into a Goygadol. So why did Rav Yitzchak not mention this? He only had the other four. Because What a beautiful idea. It wasn't the changing of place per se that caused Avram to have this chus. It was the fact that he came to Eretz Yisrael. That's where the schuyos really um, got big. The seventh idea from Yitzchak. I'm going to Yitzchak. We saw this in Masechah Sukkah. You should go see a Rebbe on Yantiv. This is a stealth Tafyomi coincidence. This was this past week's Haftorah. Right. So he says, right, so her husband asked him, the, right, um, why are you going, why are you going to Elisha today? It's not uh, Rosh Chodesh. It's also not Shabbos. In this, case, in this context, it probably means um, Yantiv because it would have otherwise said Shabbos first because of Tadir Vashen or Tadir. Because, why are you going? It's not Yantif. Right? In other words, wherever you are, if your Rebbe is close, you should go on Chodesh and Shabbos. And the final teaching, before we stop today, the eighth and final, you have to purify yourself before the Yantif, you shouldn't touch Nevela. Well, what do you mean? We have the Pasuk that you shouldn't touch Nevela. You might think that a non-Kohen is being taught not to, not to touch a Nevela. However, we already have a Pasuk in the Torah that says that the Kohanim shouldn't touch human corpse. Right? In other words, you're, you are warning the Kohanim. Right? And, and what? And the Bnei Yisrael don't have the warning. And it should be just like with regards to the Tumah of a human corpse, you only are going to be Mazir the Kohanim. In other words, it, it certainly should be true that the Israelim shouldn't be warned by the Tumah of Nevela that's aforementioned, where it says, so it can't be that it's teaching you dafka by Israelim this nevela din So why do we have this baregel? So we have, we use that pasuk to teach you that baregel in the festival. That's when you have to have, be matayer. And so we will start bezrat Hashem tomorrow in the middle of wide lines, uh, where we start a. Uh, idea of the three Sfarim that are before us in Rosh Hashanah, we're going to have a blot and a half worth of the, the mecha- mechanics of tshuva during the Yom HaDin.